Welcome to another Tip of the Tongue. I am your guest host, Brent Rosen, and today I have Francisco Baca from the Omni in Austin, Texas. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Can't complain. That's great to hear. Well, we are um, on our special episode of Tip of the Tongue with our Heritage Heroes uh, going through the Heritage Fire Tour. Um, as you all know, the Southern Food and Beverage Museum is the charitable partner for the Heritage Fire Tour, and we're thrilled to put this podcast together talking to the Heritage Heroes. So, Francisco, um, it is great having you on today. And could you just tell everybody a little bit about your culinary background and kind of how you got to Austin and the Omni? I I moved about three to four years ago. I moved from San Francisco. I spent about, about 17 years uh, through Mission Star Kitchens, through Rustic Kitchens, kind of worked myself through 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 the whole city of San Francisco. And uh, one of the reasons I came out here, I came back to, uh, I came to Austin was I have a three-year-old and uh, I wanted to see, San Francisco wasn't a great city to start a family. And I had a lot of my grandparents, I mean, my kids' grandparents, my, my mom and dad, I, my sister, my cousins are all in Texas and why not be closer? Where and were you from originally? I'm from El Paso. El Paso. Born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Uh, I, when I... After high school, I went to St. John's University. Uh, after that, I went to culinary school and then did my externship in San Francisco. And I ended up staying in San Francisco for quite a while. Yeah. So what, what were some of the restaurants you cooked in in San Francisco? My first restaurant that I worked at was Orson. Uh, after that was Wexler's. Worked at Michael Mina, Bourbon Steak. Uh, Bourbon Steak. I worked for Spruce. Uh, let's see. I worked for for Dennis Lee. We opened up the the first one of the first barbecue joints in San Francisco. It was a, a smokehouse. Uh, let's see where. And then I went back with my old one of my old chefs to reopen a classic cocktail bar food oriented restaurant. Now it's called the Saratoga. But you know, sad and it closed due to COVID. Yeah, that was a tough time all over the place. It really, a lot of people have changed things during the COVID, you know, changed cities, changed careers, changed jobs. It's something I've heard a lot from some of our, our other guests on the podcast. No, it was, it was, it, it's sad. It, it, it's sad how it got hit and seeing friends losing restaurants. Um, so in Austin, where are you cooking now? And Right now I'm at the Blind Salamander in the Omni Barn Creek. Gotcha. So where so for people that aren't familiar with Austin, where is that? Say that again? So for people who aren't familiar with Austin, like where is that okay. located? So we're like a little hidden gem in the hills in the in Westlake on Barn Creek Road. We're inside well, there's Omni Hotel, there's two of them. There's one downtown. We're the Barn Creek Resort. We're up in the hills. It's kind of you know, a hidden gem. You're out of the city, but you're like 10, 15 minutes away from the from downtown. It's a little getaway spot. We have five outlets in the uh, in the hotel, and uh, one of them is the Blind Salamander. And we're uh, seafood oriented with with new American flavors. What differences do you see in being? Because you've kind of come from the restaurant restaurant background in San Francisco, and then working in a hotel restaurant. What are some of the differences, you know, between the two styles? Just the chain of command. Uh, there's more people you report to in, in the hotel, but I've been giving 
the reins to treat Blind Salamander as a mom and pop restaurant. Uh, we're very, you know, we're seasonal. We try to be as far on the table as, as much as possible. We try to use this local product and try to work with different purveyors that a lot of hotels wouldn't work with. When you, when you go to, you know, like for instance, I went to, in January, I went my family to Disney World and I sat in one of the after Marriott or Hilton Hotel, and they have several outlets, so, but it's your basic. You you see your basic food just done the just like the the classic way. It's it's you. I can't even put this in terms. There's nothing reinventive of the plate. It just it is what it is. But what we try to do at Blind Salamander is how do we reinvent that? How do I give you a new a new take on a Caesar salad? How do I give you a new experience on a tuna tartare? I'm kind of giving you the same same exposure, same ambiance, same notes you would get if you would go downtown to a downtown restaurant in Austin. I can give you the same the same uh, same experience. Well, and I was about to ask kind of what is the culinary style of the restaurant? So please, can we kind of uh, further explain to everybody sort of what are some of the dishes you could expect and, and where do you come up with the ideas for some of these reinventions that you're talking about? So some based on what, you know, my on my my roots, my, my hair, back, my background uh, experiences. You know, I was in New York for, for, I was in New York for seven, about seven, eight years. A lot of culture there. Same in, in in San Francisco and and just seeing what other chefs in the world are doing and it's like how can I do how can I remix that how can I take an idea and make it my idea just like you know when, when music artists when they it's not like you're stealing the beat you're kind of sampling sure I like yes yeah, sampling exactly it's I think not- a lot of us we we do that and it's hard to say like oh, I'm, I'm I was the first one to do that not really, because you know, there's been chefs for hundreds of years, right? Um, and uh, some of the inspiration, would be, I mean, some of the new plates would be like I, I have a take on chicken fried steak, but instead of you know chicken or, or beef, I use a red snapper with a caper gravy, green beans, and then a salmon roe. What's the breading on it? It's ooh, it's like twenty spices. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, you know that because you know you think Texas, you think chicken fried steak, and so to see it in a in a different way is, is got to be fun for people who are who are coming out to visit y'all. Um, so I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about your background, but did you have any culinary mentors that really kind of gave you some direction or helped you find that style of yours? Um, the first the, the first five years, the first I guess my 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 years when I was a line cook. I had a, a great chef. Well, he was a sous chef at the time. And now he's a CDC at Danielle in New York. I learned a lot from him. Very knowledgeable guy. His name is Josh Capone. Uh, another one was, you know, Chef Mark Sullivan. And Dennis Lee. Those were, in, were part of the, my top three. They're big. Uh, and another one, another... Well, shout I gotta give to is Chad Spencer. Now in New York, and it's pretty much we worked on the same umbrella. You know, at the time. What do you mean by that? Yeah, 
at the time, like, like you know, when I was at Michael Mina, Chad was my executive sous chef, and then became the corporate corporate chef for the Bacchus Group, and then took me to Spruce. And then from Spruce, they opened up a restaurant. I, I left. I was at Spruce for a while. Then I left. Went to go work for, for Dennis. We opened up that first uh, smokehouse. It was called Smokestack Magnolia. So, uh, and then with going back, they the, the Bacchus Group decided they opened up a bar, like a cocktail bar with bar food. And just, you know, Chad, like, you know, we know what you did before, and we'd love to bring you on and see what you can do. And, you know, so the first smokehouse that you built, that kind of is a good transition to the Heritage Fire Tour um, with its live fire cooking. So how did you hear about the Heritage Fire Tour when it came to Austin? Well, I had two chefs actually competed in this in, in Napa Valley or in San Francisco back in the day. At the time, I was a sous chef and my chefs got to participate in this event. And so what had they told you about it? It's... it's... It's fun. It's, I mean, it's fun. You, you get to do, you get, you get to be creative. You get to do something outside the box. I was going to say, so this year, um, the Heritage Fire Tour, how many, how many serve, like, what was your dish for the, um, for the event this year? I did uh, smoke, what is it? Smoked, I did a smoked curry lamb with a uh, cucumber relish, uh, avocado yogurt, salsa morita. And on non bread. So how did you how did you come up with that as the sort of concept for Heritage Fire as your dish? I'm like, how can I reinvent a taco? Okay, so it was sort of kind of taco that, style. That was my whole approach: is how can I reinvent a taco with flavors that remind me of places I've been. So, so what were some of those reminders of the places you've been, like within that dish? I mean, New York definitely. Uh, in San Francisco, and then you know, I did a little, I did, had a little bit of uh, Thai curry influence too. So, so during the, so what was the, how many servings did you prepare for the event? I was ready for uh, close to nine hundred. Close to how many? Nine hundred. 900. I mean, that's a lot of uh, surfings. So how, what was the sort of behind the scenes before you got out to Heritage Fire? What was some, what was the prep like before you got, even got out there? Well, I'm thankful I have a, I have a, a two barrel, long barrel uh, smoker. The hotel, the hotel, we just bought a smoker about a few months ago and I got to use that. Uh, and it was kind of going back to uh, when I was in San Francisco, I you know, I spent three years at, at Smokestack. It's a different way of uh, of cooking. Everybody's used to the gas range, the oven. But when you're cooking with, with a smoker and, and wood fire, it's a different story. It's about how do you control how do you how do you control your heat? How do you not overcook your food? How do you not eat? It's it's a it's a different it's a different method of cooking. Is it something that you hadn't done in a long time or is it something that you do fairly regularly at the restaurant, like doing that kind of live fire on the smoker cooking? Live fire since I've been here in Austin? No, I haven't done that. This is the first time. But with my being, you know, I was taught in in San Francisco. You know, I spent three years doing it and it's in me. Yeah, I was going to say, did you feel like rusty or were, were you a little nervous or did it just kind of come right back to you and, and it was, you know, exactly kind of how you expected? 
a little nervous in the beginning. It's like, okay, because it was a different type of smoker. Then once you start playing around with it and figuring it out, it's like, you know, you're test driving a new car. It's all driving. To, you know, you're trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where where the brake is. Is it, a, is it a release, you know, pedal brake or is it the button brake? Or how do you, you know, the, the, nowadays the car is, you start them with a button instead of a key. It's just trying to figure it out. And so did uh, did you have some help from some of your team members at the restaurant getting ready for the event? Or did you kind of do we it? Did, we did. We, yeah, definitely. I had uh, the, the banquet team and my sous chef help me out. So what were they, what was their kind of prep beforehand? We just had, had me smoke. Uh, Jordan's because controlling the smoke while I wasn't there, just maintaining, maintain, making sure that you know the fire doesn't die out. We're a long hotel; it's like almost two football fields, and the restaurants in the middle, and the smokers on the other side. So it's a lot of running back and forth. A lot of back and forth. It sounds like not yeah. just not just sitting there and just watching the and watching the do its work. So on the day of the event. What was the sort of style? Like, how did you get 900 servings out to the people who were coming to see y'all? What was, I guess, the setup, and and how did you kind of create your your almost assembly line, I guess, to make that 900 work? What I did is pretty much everything was pretty much said and done. I, you know, I smoked everything that the the night of the night before, a few hours before. But I never, I just, so I did lamb, I did lamb leg. I never broke it apart until the day of the event. And broke when I broke it apart in the event, then I, I did like a second, a third marinade. Uh, a third marinade with a lamb. Give it that extra punch flavor. And uh, we just had a similar line. We had, you know, we had someone brings the non bread. It's already portioned out. We have, we were all just collaborating as a team and we all just knew what we had to do to execute the dish to come out. And so for, how did you think about kind of, you know, you basically get like one good bite. So what in your mind did you want that one good bite to provide to your guest? A little bit of smokiness, a little bit of, cold, you know, cold, just all the flavors, sweet, tarty, crunchy. Oh, I forgot. I had a little crunchy quinoa on top of the, 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 the lamb just to give it that crunch because everything was soft. So I'm just thinking of all the textures that you want to just, you know, feel in your mouth and taste. So as it was going on, how many people did you have out there with you? Four. There's four four of us. And were, as you were kind of participating and looking around, did did you have any idea that you were going to win? No, I mean, I, I, there was a lot of good competition. There's a lot of well-known chefs that were there. And, you know, I feel like I'm the new kid on the block coming from, you know, coming from San Francisco. I've only been, well, been in Austin three or four years. That, that was just kind of my, my, my feel. So when you, so how did you find out? Did they come over and take pictures or what was it that was sort of the, like, how did you find out that you had won? People just, I guess then when they announced my name and I, it, when people were tasting it, I, you know, people were, were giving me, you know, good positive fe- feedback on the dish, but you never know. So you can get positive feedback and then go di- go a different direction. So for um, for 
there's a few more stops on the Heritage Fire Tour. And um, I'm hopeful that some of the future competitors will listen to this podcast. So do you have any advice for people who are competing um, in the next round of Heritage Fire? Have fun with your dish and go, go with what you know. Don't try to do something you've never done and things go the wrong way. And just... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, just going like that. Did you see? Uh, did you see any like crazy contraptions out there? Like, did people have any kind of wild stuff, or was it mostly more traditional style smokers? I saw a little bit of both. It was it was it was it was cool seeing different ways of how everyone approaches this whole concept of you know heritage fire. Like, what were some of the other approaches? Because people think you know, like Texas, it's a big you know outdoor cooking live fire kind of place. So I would imagine there was some real creativity from the other competitors too. What were like what were some of their setups? One, there's one where they had pork ones or pork chops just, just hanging, hanging around the a fire, but it's the the the, the, the thing they had is it was something very different that I've never seen. There was one where they hung octopus and let just the, the smoke. And the heat from you know from the bottom to the top do its job. Um, what else? That's about it. And then for people who are going to the Heritage Fire Tour, and there's a number of stops left, and we'll we'll mention where you can find out about that in just a bit. Um, what would you say to the people who go to the tour as far as advice or, or tips that they could pick up from someone who's now been a, a heritage hero? Take your time, you know, go try everything. Make sure, like, if I, I mean, if I was a guest, I work myself down the line and then around. Just depending on the setup, but don't miss out on anything. Taste it, you know, drink everything you see or sample and taste or sample everything you Food-wise, you don't what know you're sunscreen? missing out. Would you recommend sunscreen? I feel like everybody's recommended sunscreen. Did you have a? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> sunscreen, a hat, good shoes. You'll be walking and standing around. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we are getting. That's kind of the end of our questions, but um, I do want to just give you an opportunity to tell people where they can learn more about the restaurant, any social media or websites or things that you, for people to follow. Okay, so if you go to omnihotels.com, then you can click, there's like the cities, click on Austin, it'll be uh, Omni Barn Creek, and uh, your dining will be Blind Salamander. Uh, we're open uh, Wednesday through Sunday, five days out of the week, dinner only. Uh, we do, we do uh, for holidays, we do, do special occasions. We just did uh, Mother's Day and Easter brunch. We will be doing in the in the fall Thanksgiving brunch and a special menu for Christmas, and then uh, same thing for for uh, for New Year's. And actually, tomorrow we are doing a wine pairing dinner with our regular menu. So we'll be offering two menus: the Etude wine dinner menu and our regular menu. Got it. And we're on social media. Where can people follow the the restaurant? And I'm the uh, Omni Barn Creek. Excellent. Well, or, at, or at a blind, blind, the Blind Salamander, too. And at the Blind Salamander? 
Perfect. Well, this has been a, a great visit, and I really appreciated learning about the, the Austin stop on the tour. Oh, that coffee mug is awesome. <laughs> oh, Michelangelo. <laughs> Your Michelangelo mug is killer. Um, oh. So, Francisco, I want to say thank you again for coming out and telling us a little bit about the Austin competition and how you were able to um, win with your really delicious-sounding lamb curry dish. Um, for those of you who are interested in the future Heritage Fire Tours, um, visit their website. It's heritagefiretour.com. Um, you can also follow the same on social media. Um, Francisco, it has been a pleasure, and I, I appreciate your time. And thanks to all of you who listened to this very special episode of Tip of the Tongue. Again, this has been Brent Rosen with our Heritage Hero podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will um, be back in another week with another Heritage Hero. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye-bye.